It's the show where the topics are topical, but not typical. This is Atypically Topical with Mindy and Josh. Yes, welcome back to Atypically Topical. It's been a while, Mindy, hasn't it? Yes, when you get something on your face. (laughs) There you go, sorry. Thank you for waiting. Oh, I guess it hadn't turned before. So anyways, um, how are you doing? Uh, Okay. We've been extremely busy for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, just a lot of like big changes, yeah. I guess. And this might be the first week we missed. I think publishing. We've been late a couple times, but not like just a full week. Just screw it. Yeah. <laughs> but we have a good excuse because we moved into a new house. Yeah. And um, it's a lot uh, bigger, better. So um, th- every type of um, improvement possible. We still got that guy that you can hear in the background. Yeah, we still got the dogs. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, what were you going to say? Um, but yeah, it's it's different. Yeah. And uh, we're still working on some a few things. And yeah, just a lot of... Well, first it was a lot of paperwork and then a lot of purchasing like stuff for the house and then a lot of organizing and cleaning and... That's kind of the stage we're at right now. Yeah. Right we've, got, we've got a bunch of things. We just need to hang them up and do... Yeah, and we need to get the wall painted because it's like a weird teal color. Yeah, we need it's, to get... Um, our realtor recommended um, this contractor, and she she was like, "He only speaks Spanish, though." And I was oh, yeah. like, "I got this. You got it's this. okay." Yeah. It's just weird because it goes from like beige to teal. All of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, and it's like the entire like a big kitchen, and then the hallway that goes upstairs, one side, I think, right? Yeah, it's only one side. Yeah, so. We definitely need to get that. Yeah. But there's a lot of stuff to do, and we got a dog crying in the back. We we spent a whole, like, like 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out what to do with them while we record here. I told you this was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it, there's a there's a win-lose no matter where we put them, really, until, like you said, maybe we'll get them some shoes so we don't hear them walking on the ground. Yeah. Get them some slippers. Some little booties. Yeah, I'm sure they won't mind it. Yeah, we'll figure something out. But if you hear some crying, um, he's fine. He's just a wuss. Yeah. He's just a mama's boy and a daddy's boy, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he just likes attention and he wants to always be petted. And if not, he wants to be just staring at you, looking into your eyes. Yeah, he's he's interesting. But, <laughs> um, but that, I mean, that, that's just Prince, you know? Mm-hmm. That's like people who have like the bad like impression of like uh, of a pit bull the pit bull yeah but like cause my dad like he had like he, he doesn't really like dogs and so um we saw Prince he didn't really interact with him Prince kept just barking at him mm-hmm. but like if I was like he just like wants to say hi cause he like, like loves people and so yeah yeah like so all my like first hand experiences with pit bulls have been like they're really sweet and friendly yeah um but let me introduce our guest so we can start pitching in on the stuff we're saying. <laughs> we have our um, our once engineer, Andrew, is here. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. He's the one that uh, helped get our um, show off the ground Yeah. with his his knowledge and his uh, expertise. So thanks for being here. Don't forget me once you're big and famous. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably won't. Yeah, I'll have our... <laughs> a, we won't be I famous. Past you, B, we wouldn't forget you. Um... But yeah, uh, thanks for being here on short notice too. I just told him like earlier today, <laughs> like, yeah. "Hey, do you want to be on? Since you want to come check out the house, and and he's here, so he's going to be joining us to talk about near death experiences." Yay! I don't know if you have <laughs> any type of insight in that at all. I, I definitely have a personal experience. 
Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Prince is very Suspense. sad about that. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry you went through that. <laughs> okay, I'm very curious, Andrew, to hear about this, because I don't even know. Have you told me about this before? Probably, Probably. so. Was it in, like involving the river? Or... It very much involved okay. the river. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember, though. Was it when you... Um, is that how you got that scar on your foot, or is that at a different time? That was definitely a different time. Okay. I was nowhere near a life and death experience. <laughs> yeah. We're just inebriated, I think, right? <laughs> is it like yeah. the Andy? Like, you just know how Woody has Andy on his foot? Oh, yeah. Is it like that kind of scar, I guess? Wait, <laughs> no, he, he has a, He just has like a gash on his ankle from yeah. like... like yeah. Oh, dang. I think Basically were, two marks above my ankle on the side of my shin. You were trying to that, jump off a tree uh, or something after smoking and drinking or something like I, that. <coughs> like climbed up on the side of the like the bank of the river and uh, slipped down because it was muddy and mm-hmm. there was a, uh, a like a root of a yeah. tree that was sticking out under, uh, under the water yeah. that I basically yeah. slid past. So, like, I didn't necessarily feel it at that point in time, but, like, I stood up out of the water and, like, started walking and looked down. Yeah. And, like, there was blood running down my leg. It's like, ah. It's not good. probably not the best location to, like, have a wound. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. Especially (laughs) if you're, like, in a river. Towards the (laughs) end of a river trip. Yeah. Like, you don't know the infection. How much pee has been running down that river? Well, at least pee is sanitary, though, right? Well, it's not sanitary. It's sterile. Sterile, that's what I meant. Um. (laughs) But, I mean, there's alcohol in the river, and... There was not a lot of alcohol enough. in his system too. <laughs> not enough. Yeah, there was a, there was enough alcohol in my system for me to not feel the scratch initially. Okay, well, let's get into your near death one because I, um, I don't remember it. Yeah, I got so near. I drank so much. I got intoxicated. No. <laughs> um, so the near death experience one was when I was much smaller. Um, it was on a river trip with my cousin Aaron and his dad, my uncle. And uh, some of his family. And we try to have, like, a river trip pretty much every year. And on this particular river trip, one of the stops that we had made along the river, uh, basically just to kind of hang out, have a snack, I decided to swim across the river where we were at. And there was basically a big um, a big tree branch mm-hmm. that was going down the side of, like, the wall where I was swimming to. So I was able to swim to the wall, and where we were, were kind of parked on the river. Hi, Joaquin. Okay. Um, yeah, go ahead and prance over here. <laughs> yeah, carry on. Well, we were basically parked on on that part of the river. Like half of it going across was basically shin deep water. Okay. So it was it was a really good spot to park because we had a lot of area to kind yeah. of just mess around. Um, and then the other half going towards the wall was like instantly like past waist deep. The current was strong enough there to where if the current was like five, six inches above your knee that you were going to get swept off your feet. So Mm -hmm. you had to start swimming. Yeah. Um, even though it was technically shallow water, it was just the current was so swift. And so like I got out to kind of that point where the current was swift enough to sweep me off my feet and I wasn't really ready for it. Um, so then I, was closer to the wall than I was the more shallow water that I came from, mm-hmm. basically. Because the current was kind of pushing me that way, so I just started swimming with the current 
um, to the other side of the wall, grabbed onto this branch. But as soon as I grabbed onto the branch, that allowed my body to be stationary. So like the current just continued to try to like sweep oh, me with God. it. And so um, just your legs and everything were just going with it. Yeah, and like my my swim trunks were tied tightly enough, thank goodness, because like I could feel it being pulled too. <laughs> yeah. And so it was like an underwater parachute. <laughs> <laughs> Has that helped you? And I was like, no, it very much did not help. It was like, <laughs> I, I was being more um, <laughs> more, more weight, thoroughly yeah. dragged, yeah, and um, so I was basically holding on for dear life, like onto this root, mm-hmm. and, and um, I'm like looking back, yelling at Aaron and uh, <laughs> and my uncle. I'm like his uncle, like hey. Yeah, check I'm, me out. I, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I was very much had reached the point of, like, I am not going to get out of this myself. I need somebody to help me right. or I'm going to drown. Like, yeah, yeah. That was for sure death was on my mind. That <laughs> <laughs> That's scary, man. And uh, so then, like, my uncle came over to the side um, where we had parked and, like, he kind of went further downriver. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, swim to me. And so I just like swam as hard as I could to the other side after pushing off and uh, after taking a few like gulps of river water too because that root was like holding me in, in place for so long and I was fighting it mm-hmm. um, and just basically swam to the other side. He was far enough down river. <laughs> that's to, crazy. Like line up with me and grab my arm and pull me over. But yeah, that's that was definitely one time that I thought. I was, and you were like how old? I was like. Younger than 15? Yeah. Uh, I want to say I was probably 13 or 14. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was It was one of our much earlier river trips. Was Why are you my, so mad at that, Prince? That might have been my second time going on, <laughs> on a river trip with him. Oh, okay. I'm surprised you weren't. Like, did you not go with him for a while after that? No, or was I was, it just, I was, yeah, you're just like... I was psyched to go. I just, yeah. I just knew not to, not to do that. Out into, yeah. Into the waters that were like that... Not yeah, that much. I kind of had a similar one now that you mention it. Cause I don't it's like the turnaround, don't drown stuff, even though it looks like it's shallow. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those signs are weird though. Water. Yeah, there's been there's been signs I've seen where it'll be like they're they're just like turn around, don't drown, but they'll be even more threatening. They'll just be like, you will die if you try this. Like, they'll have like a skull and crossbones. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> like I think on like some Corpus beaches or whatever. But yeah, I had one similar. Um, that place, Paradise Canyon, that that's kind of out on the outskirts. There was a time where we were hitting like a beach ball around or something, and it kind of somebody hit it and it went kind of far. And I wasn't like the best at swimming, but I I felt like I could do enough. So like I went to go get it, but it was in an area where the current was taking. So then I I was just swimming to it, and then like I just on my I was trying to come back with it. And on the way back, like, I just wasn't getting anywhere. Like, I was swimming against it. So then my arms started to get tired. And I remember I yelled, I yelled to my dad because he was just sitting, like, you know, on, on the land or whatever. Like, and I was like, I was like, Dad, I'm, I'm tired. Like, I didn't know what to say. And then he just, like, he had, like, his sandals on. He just, like, slid them off and just <laughs> dove into the water. <laughs> and then my two sisters also, they were kind of, you know, back when we were playing with the ball, started swimming over. And everybody started swimming over after me. And then, um, like, eventually some, some person with, like, a big float came by. And, like, 
I was able, like, my dad got to me first, I think. He was uh-huh. just swimming, like, his, swimming his ass off. <laughs> and I was like, I remember I was trying to hold on to him, but I was kind of, like, so tired, like, I couldn't help him much. And I was, like, starting to push him down a little bit. And I felt bad because, like, he was keeping his head above, and then I would push him back down. Uh-huh. After, like, eventually a, a float got there, and we, oh my God, Prince, I swear. <laughs> so, yeah, like, we eventually, we eventually made it back. <laughs> Uh, onto the shore because that person helped with the float and then I remember just sitting by like after just kind of like staring into the water for a while like well I was dumb trying to go after that like I felt bad too because my like I think my sister Danielle was crying like she was scared that about the whole thing and then my dad was kind of just staring off too <laughs> but yeah I, I wouldn't say that's near death though compared to like you know what we'll probably be talking about because I I mean I had plenty of people there to help but still not fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> mindy anything come to your mind or not really i i just have like a memory i'm not sure if it happened or not but like i just remember <laughs> <laughs> i have a memory i'm not sure if it happened or not well because like i tell my parents what happened and then they don't be- they, they don't say it at, like so wait were you like really little when this happened? uh i I think it might have been, like, nine. Okay, yeah, that, that that qualifies. And so, like, all I remember is that we were at the beach, like, in Atlantic City. And I was in the water. And that somehow that I remember drowning. And then, like, somehow, like, I was able to swim up and, like, get myself out of there. But, like, I remember, like, the, the, like, the shining of the sun, like, in the water mm. as I was going down. Yeah. Yeah. That's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> but then no one else kind no yeah. one else kind of remembers that. Yeah, no one. Something must have happened. Yeah, no one corroborated my story. It. It's a cover up. <laughs> somebody <laughs> somebody left conspiracy. Yeah, somebody yeah. left you and wasn't responsible. Yeah, but like I just remember swimming a lot and I was able to get out. But hmm. yeah, I just yeah, it, it's it's like a like one of those memories. little flash. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Which I think is a good thing, because yeah. if, if it did happen... Why would you want that to be a vivid memory? Yeah. <laughs> I remember all. swallowing water. <laughs> Coughing up and almost dying. Yeah, so that's that's the only thing I can remember. Like The only other major thing that's ever happened to me is like I broke my pinky one time, mm. and that's it. Yeah, it doesn't count. That is a, a very near-death experience. <laughs> I felt like it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's um. We'll get into the main stories here since we. I'm surprised we all kind of had one, but. Um, Mindy, if you want to go into, you looked up something from the past, I guess. Yeah. So, um, as I was doing research, there was a lot of people like that I saw that had near death experiences, but I was like, I'm the history person here, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go into the oldest account of. The near-death experience. So you looked into the oldest recorded ever mm-hmm. near-death experience? Yeah. So, I mean, near-death experiences have, like, always been in history just because, like, different cultures and different religions, like, people experience these kind of things and they're like, oh, it's because of, like, Jesus or whatever else or whatever <laughs> that culture yeah. believes or religion. Um, but this is by far the oldest one. We have, and so it came from a French physician around 1740. Okay. Um, so this was found by Dr. Philip Charlier, a medical doctor and archaeologist. Um, he was well known for his forensic work and the remains of historical figures. So just, okay. just yeah, and so he unexpectedly 
discovered this medical description in a book he bought for one euro at an antique shop. Um, and so he says, quote, I was just interested in the history of medicine and the medical practices of the past, especially during this period in the 18th century. The book itself uh, was not an important one in the history of medicine, but, but from a historian's standpoint, the possibility of doing retrospective diagnosis in, on such books is quite interesting. Just from this random book he found in an antique shop, he found like the most, the oldest um, writing of a near-death experience. Um, and it was written by Pierre-Jean du Mocheck. I don't know. It's French. <laughs> yeah. Pierre, wrote, just say Pierre. Pierre. It's the most French name ever. Um, he was a military first physician in northern France, and, who, and he described a case of a near-death experience in his book, The um, Antisonus de Medicine. I guess it means the antidotes of medicine or something in sure. French. Sure, why not? So, um, so he speculated that too much blood flow to the brain could explain the mystical feelings that people reported after coming back to consciousness. And the book describes a case of a patient, a famous uh, pharmacist in Paris, who temporarily fell unconscious, and they reported that he saw a light so pure and bright that he thought he must have been in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. That's super common with these, I guess. Yeah, like, like, yeah, he was the first. So it's it's, the light. Yeah, like, you know how these characteristics of near death experiences is like seeing a bright light Mm -hmm. or. um, Hovering above your own body. Yeah, things like that. So this is like the oldest case of that kind of Mm -hmm. happening to someone. Um, so again, today, some, today, like, this is kind of like a weird psychological event that happens when you're like in a life threatening crisis. Um, and then, um, the guy who found this book, he said that people that experience this phenomenon report vivid and emotional sensations, including positive emotions, feeling as though they left their bodies and sensation of moving through tunnels and the experience of communicating with light and the meaning with deceased people. Um, so he then he talks about that the description that they had in this book that he found is um, is kind of similar to what today we call the Grayson criteria, which is like a scale that Grayson like, Grayson okay um, that it's a scale that that psychiatrists use to measure the death of people's near death experiences. Um, so, like, I guess because they want to study it, and so they use a scale to see, like, how people compare um, compare their near-death experiences to this scale. Like, does the scale measure, like, or, like how in-depth it was? Like, like, your pinky one would be a zero. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew would be, like, maybe, like, a, a seven. So, okay. I'd be, like, a four. Or okay. how does, do you know how it works? Okay, so let me continue. Okay. The scale includes questions about the perceptions people report during near-death experiences. For example, an altered sense of time, life review of feelings of joy, um, life review and feelings of joy, a score of high, uh, so that's kind of like what the criteria is, like some of the things they look for. Okay. Um, and so like a score of seven or higher out of the possible 32 is a classification for a near-death experience. Why does the scale go to 32? <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, why not 50? I don't know. I'm not the one who invented this. <laughs> uh, it Maybe was the person time. that invented it was 32 when they invented it. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. This is old times, I guess. 
Okay. Well, logic. I mean, well, I mean, they. So seven out of thirty-two would yeah. not be that. That's like not a lot. No. So the the max twenty-five percent. The seven out of thirty-two. That means you had a near-death experience. Oh. Anything lower than seven, you did it. There. So there's from seven to thirty-two are all different variations. So of thirty-two it. is like you actually died. So thirty-two <laughs> yeah. is your Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like you're for sure Jesus. <laughs> 31, yeah. And 31 would be like, you're almost Jesus, but not quite. <laughs> yeah. But this is still developed in the 1980s, so it's not oh, okay. that old. Okay. Well, like, it was it was developed in the 1980s, this you, old? Yeah, this measure. This oh, okay. grace and criteria. I, guess I, didn't, I didn't catch where the time jump happened. <laughs> <laughs> I died for a minute there, you sorry. Died, yeah, you had a near-death experience <laughs> for a minute. Oh, no, I was dead. So, okay, so the reason why I brought this up is because this guy who found this book was like, let me compare this to the criteria. Mm-hmm. And he determined that the patient in the book scored at least a 12 out of 32, according to the Grayson criteria. Which so, I guess is high. <laughs> he, he had a near-death experience. That's yeah. all I can say. <laughs> and so... He found that this, this description of a near-death experience also compared to, like, a bunch of his patients that um, reported similar experiences when they, like, were drowning, had happy thermia, or, like, hung themselves but didn't die. Did you say happy thermia? Hypothermia. I'll go back and listen. A <laughs> <laughs> happy thermia. A happy thermia. I just like to pick on you. Yeah, I know you do. It's fun. So even the physician back then, like he gave the same explanation as um, that's what kind of like the opposite of what what modern physicians think is the likely cause of like having a near death experience. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that that the patients were left with little blood in the veins of their skin and abundant blood flowing through the vessels within the brain, giving a rise to vivid and strong hallucinations. Hallucinations. So that's what he thought. Why they were having these near-death experiences before. So he kind of thought they were just imagining it or something because he, of the... Yeah, so, like... Blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, I guess the... So for, like, the low flow of the blood through the veins and stuff like that, um, it was starting to give him these, like, weird hallucinations mm-hmm. and sensations. But um, today, they think it's likely that, like, lack of blood flow oxygen to the brain... And that puts the organs in a state of alarm, causes the sensations associated with near-death experiences. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's similar. I could see that, yeah. Yeah. That could play a part. It's just weird how so many people report the same things, like floating above their body and stuff. Like, is that all just a symptom of lack of blood to the head or is there something more? a rush to the blood to the head? More? We'll be right back, everyone. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. It's like, well, would your brain be programmed to see that when you yeah. when it doesn't have that much blood? Yeah. Or, or like maybe just because uh, there's also so much of a religious aspect to near death experiences. Maybe it's also like kind of like their mindset, like beforehand, maybe has something to do with the influence of that. I don't know. Yeah. Because so a lot of it is religious for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so that's it's the first case, and and it was what seventeen forty you said? Uh, yes, yeah, seventeen forty. 
Interesting. The first written case of this. Very good. Yeah, you but, went way back. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure like um, there's other records that could be seen even earlier, but this is just like the first one written down by a doctor, and it's like, hey, this thing happened to this guy. Right. So. Yeah. But it's crazy, like, just to think that, like, he just went to antique store and was like, oh, I'll get this book. Why not? It's only a euro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where did that even come from, that book? Like, it's from, it, it just said an antique shop. Yeah. Like, you can find any random shit. I in guess an so. Shop. <laughs> I went to, um, I went to an antique shop one time and they had, like, it was a purse, but it was, like, a wooden box with, like, little legs mm-hmm. and then a strap. And that was the purse. <laughs> it was a wooden box with legs and a strap? Yeah. So, like, imagine, like, a wooden box and then, like, little, like, legs are, like, metal. Uh-huh. And then it just had a strap. Where, and where is that thing today? It's maybe still in the antique shop in Houston. <laughs> oh, you just saw it. You didn't get it. Oh, no. I didn't get it. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> what would I get? A, a, that purse. I don't know. Just for... Imagine now what it's probably it, worth. It's an antique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To, to the roadshow is probably worth upwards of twelve dollars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Speaking of near-death experiences, let's get into question in Florida. Actually, this isn't really a near-death experience at all. I feel like it happens a lot in Florida, probably mostly because people do stupid things to themselves. Sure. But the one I found this week is gonna. Make you particularly upset, Mindy. Oh, okay. Is it, does it have to do with children or dogs? Mm, you'll see. Okay. I, I got this from loudwire.com. And I'm just going to read, um, and then I'll reveal why <laughs> you'll be upset about it, okay? Okay. Do you know the name Joey Gatos Jr.? No. Okay. Sounds like a serial killer because, you know, they have like three names. But it's wait, jo- wait, what wasn't his name? <laughs> John Wayne Gacy? John Wayne Gacy, yeah. No, it's not. It, this is not as bad. Joey Gatos Jr. is uh, currently facing felony charges for stealing guitars in Florida, TMZ reports. The one-time child star and current Florida man, if I just call him current Florida man, that's what he is now, <laughs> was captured by police four times in the last five weeks after allegedly stealing the guitars and an amplifier, according to the gossip outlet. He's reportedly facing charges of larceny and grand theft. And I'm going to show you if you want to peer over to my laptop here. Does he look familiar to you at all by his mugshots? No. These are all from this uh, from February of the, 2019. Well, that one in the top corner is really creepy. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go down and you're going to react probably. Okay. In a very negative fashion. This is the guy that's been charged. No! Why? No! Why did you have to ruin it? So this is the kid from uh, School of Rock, which is one of Mindy's favorite movies, Andrew. Uh, that's why. He stole guitars. <laughs> yeah. Why would? He, why would he need to? Just go somewhere and like, like, hey, I was this kid, right? So let me read more about this. In 2003. A guitar-wielding uh, Gatos. I don't know how to say his last, last name. It's like Tom, kind of looks like Gyarados. Gyarados. <laughs> <laughs> a, a guitar-wielding Gyarados starred alongside Jack Black in School of Rock. In it, he played a shy pupil instilled with rock star-like confidence by the mentor. So, for the people that have watched the movie, he was the kid with the, you know, the slick hair that 
started rocking on the guitar. He had a slam yeah, bass. he had like his dad made him like play like yeah. classical. Kind yeah, of guitar, but then he was like, "No, I'm gonna rock." No, I'm gonna rock, and then he was all awesome. I'm so disappointed. Now. <laughs> exactly, I told you. Um, so of late, however, authorities say that he was walking into music stores and asking to test out guitars. He would then walk out with the instrument and sell it to a pawn shop, reportedly to fuel a confessed drug habit. Oh, it's getting worse, right? Yeah, I know. I was disappointed when I saw this too. Spiraling down. Yeah, <laughs> like. You were in School of Rock. You can, like, you can make something out of that. You can they have, like, something. a 10-year yeah, reunion. They re- like, yeah, they Was he? I wonder if he was... Yeah, he was there. He was there right? Yeah, he was there, for sure. Scoring some coke. <laughs> he <laughs> reportedly... <say> that. <laughs> I mean, it's his own fault. He reportedly made off with a blue Epiphany um, Les Paul prophecy uh, <laughs> valued at $800. Also, a black Fender Stratocaster valued at 700 and a Gibson Les Paul gold top valued at nineteen hundred. Yeah. So. Um, Wait, can I see the mug shots again? <laughs> yeah, I'll post these on my Facebook too. But they're all just. I mean, they do look like him once you see him, but it's just. It's the facial hair yeah, that's throwing he, me his, off. His beard is kind of, and he just looks kind of like um, serial killerish in them, which mm-hmm. is also disappointing. Well, I feel like maybe, like, just mug shots in general can make anyone look That's like a true. serial killer. I feel like, I don't know, do they tell you not to smile in mug shots? I think so. <laughs> Andrew? I don't, I don't think they tell <laughs> you to smile. <laughs> or tell you Andrew, not to. you should know. <laughs> Say cheese! <laughs> I mean, no, do they tell you not to? Like, because I feel like, I, I guess, welcome okay. to jail. <laughs> I feel like I've a seen... southern jail. I've seen Welcome some... to jail! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Goofy's here. Um, Let's have a Goofy off the hook. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew. Uh, what about Mickey? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's something Mario. We have turn it to Mario now. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, I think it's oh, boy. Which one? <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> That's Mario falling, falling down some stairs. <laughs> Now that's Mario orgasming. <laughs> He's gone way off the rails. Anyways, how did we even get to that? Um, <laughs> were you going to say something? Jesus Christ. Can't you want the Mario one? Is that where you're Yeah. Yeah. All right, fair I'm enough. Just, I'm, I'm just like, I was just traumatized and then amused. <laughs> I mean, Angel's a voiceover guy, so I'm honored to be even in the running with Yeah, him. all I can do is my, my nerd voice. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Which and, is a super good nerd yeah, voice. Yeah, really, it's a really good one. I don't know about... I don't want to do it on the spot. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> the, the key to that is you make, you make, you, you like accumulate spit even when there's no S words. And? <laughs> See, that's, that's, yes. that's the skill. Yes, this is a skill right there. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Very good. And scene. Yeah, and scene. All right, so yeah, that was, uh, I'm sorry to burst your bubble, Mindy. I'm sad. And Goofy? Sorry. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> no. so, All right. So this week, um, the, the, my main story is a bit long, and also I was working on something special for an upcoming episode, actually. So we're not doing Spot the Fake this week, but we'll get back to it <laughs> soon. <laughs> Goofy's okay. disappointed. Goofy disapproves again. Um, but we'll, we'll get back to it soon. Okay. But I feel like it'll be worth it. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hiccup Mindy is here now. <laughs> Can you do hiccups in a nerd voice? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. So we'll end on this main story. This is from February of this year, so not even a month ago. This is from KUNC.org. It's about a Colorado man. And I'm not going to read the headline because I just want to tell you what happens. Okay. 31-year-old... Uh, oh, this was credit to Luke Runyon. He's the one that was like... He, he interviewed this guy. He like followed the whole story all the way through. 31-year-old Travis Kaufman started his run at Colorado's Arthur's Rock Trailhead. Um, with eventually hooking up with Towers Trail, which is a steep 4x4 road that stretches... Um, you don't know any of these places, by the way. No, I just, but I'm just questioning <laughs> the word hooking up. Oh, uh, well, he didn't, like, fuck the trail. Uh, he mean, just, he, if you're not creative enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not with that attitude. Yeah. Um, it stretches from the Horsetooth Reservoir to the top of a ridge more than 7,000 feet in elevation. After this long climb, he took in the view from the top of the um, well-trafficked trail. He began his descent on a different trail, running south toward Horsetooth Mountain. He's an experienced trail runner, but this was his first time on West Ridge. So, Coffin said, this was a less than ideal first introduction to that set of trails, but it was very pretty. He started his descent down, and he heard some pine needles rustling on the trail behind him. I stopped and turned, he said. And it's one of those situations where sometimes I turn, sometimes I don't. But in the back of my mind, I always wonder if it's something dangerous behind me. What, so, a, a guy thinking that someone's, like, going after him? Well, this is in the in the mountains. This is, like, in the in a trail. So Still. any idea what, what it could be, Andrew or, or Mindy? I think I know what the story is about, so I'm just going to not say oh, anything. Andrew, any guess? Um, a mountain lion. What do you think, Mindy? Mountain lion. Okay. Very nice. You guys both aced it. Yeah. I stopped and turned. <laughs> did you hear about the story or you just assumed because it's... No, I heard about this. Okay. Oh, okay. No, I definitely did not hear about this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. But it's crazy. Could they, Wait, is it, I'm not going to say anything because I would ruin it if it was right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he gets into details of what happens here. I stopped and turned and it's one of the situations I already read that. In the back of my mind, I always wonder if it's something dangerous, like a bear or a bobcat or a mountain lion. And in this case, it was, in fact, a mountain lion. Wait, what's the difference between a mountain lion and a bobcat? Um, Is a mountain lion, like, have the longer tail, and then the bobcat is like a cougar and whatever other names it is? So I remember seeing that and just having my gut feel the impact of the situation. The cougar barreled toward him. Kaufman put up his arms and screamed in an attempt to scare the cat away. Unfortunately, it kept running. So I, I guess that doesn't always work to just make yourself look bigger and try to, like, scare them away. Yeah. Not I, I, I can't do that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I try to make myself bigger, it's <laughs> um, The cat leapt at Kaufman's face. He raised his arms in a defensive motion to blunt the initial attack. Its mouth locked around his wrist. One tooth sunk into the meaty part of his thumb. Another dug into the top of his wrist. So we'll get to that later. <laughs> no, I already found it, but okay. it's, they're the same thing now. Okay, so you have an update on, on the difference? They're, they're the same, basically, a bobcat and a... Yeah, basically. Mountain lion? Okay. Fair enough. Um, the mountain lion hugged Kaufman's body. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Not in that way. Digging its front claws into his back... <laughs> That happens to be less cute. on a daily basis. Well, I mean, is it That's what like... Michelle does to you? No. Oh. <laughs> our chats. <laughs> We're talking about a hug, so I thought... <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's like a ginger, like... 
Scratch. Just some nice. Okay, so you're still you're still on board for this romance. <laughs> um, its back legs thrashed. It's at its at his thighs. It's, uh, Let me try that again. Its back legs thrashed at his thighs. Softly thrashing? No, he yeah. tried to throw it off. <laughs> Gently thrash. With its Gently mouth. thrash it. <laughs> with its Firmly mouth. Firmly it. <laughs> What's that from? <laughs> but with his mouth clamped around his wrist, the two ended up tumbling more than twenty feet off the trail into a gully. So this is like well, a gully. Is, is it just like it's a, just kind of like a ravine, or okay. kind of like a ditch or something? <coughs> difference between a ravine and a gully and a ditch. <laughs> Google it. But during that fall, the cat ended up on its back, and it still had my wrist this whole time in its mouth. French kissing it, ca- <laughs> caressing. Um, with the leverage of being on top of the cougar, Hoffman used one of his legs to pin the animal's hindquarters to the ground. Ooh. Yeah. And then searched for a way to fight back. <laughs> he then picked his leg up against the wall. <laughs> He grabbed sticks, but they were rotted and crumbled when he tried to use them against the cat. So, that sucks. With his free hand, he found a rock and began hitting its head. Still sexy. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's... (laughs) I think now you're losing some of this this storyline you're trying to go with. But gaining audience members. (laughs) Yeah. Gaining listeners. Some of this fan fiction. The BDSM community. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if, like, what was the female Bowser thing? Uh, oh yeah, there's a Bowsette. Bowsette, yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's a thing, I'm sure this could be a thing too. Yeah, Bowsette is weird. That's another whole other brand of fan fiction we won't get into. <laughs> <laughs> so he tried hitting it with a rock on its head. The angle was awkward, and he let the cat's legs slip out from under him. So its its back legs got free at that point, and it and it was scratching at his back and his calves. And then some more of his thighs a little bit. So it was just like kind of reaching all around his legs. Mm-hmm. As he recounts what happened, so this is from the, uh, the guy that was interviewing him. Kaufman's orange tabby, Obi, wanders through his home, pawing at the microphone and meowing to be let outside. So kind of like what's happening now as we turn to record with the dogs freaking out. This is happening. Now uh, they're quiet. Well, yeah, like I told you, they would be. Yeah. <laughs> So, Coffin said, because I'm a recent cat owner, I know that the back claws are pretty dangerous when it comes down to an attack. And I was pretty worried about its claws just sinking into my stomach and groin area. I mean, obviously, I would be too. Yeah, that's, I guess, that's the downfall of having your organs outside instead mm-hmm. of inside. Yeah. It's not uh, not good. Yeah. He was able to repin the mountain's lion, the mountain's lion legs. <laughs> the mountain's lion. He said it so confidently, though. <laughs> he was able to repin the mountain lion's legs with his left leg and swung the other around to the cat's throat. Does he do like Brazilian jiu-jitsu or <laughs> this something? Is what people started thinking after this. So at this point, he has the the legs um, with his left leg. He has one pinned, and then he he swung the other around to its throat. So I got my right foot on. Uh, my God, I can't talk anymore. And he's like, tap out, man, tap yeah. out. So I got my right foot onto its neck, he said, and then I was able to get some weight onto its windpipe, and that's what eventually suffocated it. So this dude suffocated this mountain lion with his leg, with his right foot. Well, I didn't tap out. That was his problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's insane. Isn't that crazy? Is this the one you heard about? Yeah. Or, okay. So you yeah. know a lot about it? No, I just read, like, headlines saying, mm-hmm. like, guy, like, escaped yeah. mountain lion with bare hands yeah. or whatever so, well, else. this is how he did it. Um, only when the cat was dead did it release his wrist from its mouth. 
So that's when he finally uh, let go. The whole battle but, lasted about 10 minutes. That's crazy. Because like, you got like a major um, artery like yeah, right here on your wrist. Yeah. It's one of like the, when I did martial arts, it's like one of the pressure points they taught us about on your wrist. Oh, yeah. And on your hand right here too. Yeah. So he said, one of the thoughts, uh, one of the thoughts that I had was, well, this would be a pretty crappy way to die. <laughs> Just off on the side of the mountain screaming and having this cat wrapped around my wrist. Then eventually another cat comes in and takes me out and then get eaten by a bunch of mountain lions. That wouldn't be an ideal uh, ideal way to go. You know what? This reminds me of that uh, Christmas special they had for South Park. Oh, yeah. About the evil animals and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> the like mountain a... lion was like the savior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, it very much turned into just a full-on fight for survival. After, after suffocating the cat, covered in scratches and puncture wounds and full of adrenaline, he started running again. I was looking around and feeling like I was being watched by cats on all sides. Because I, I really took in my surroundings a little bit more and then realized that the whole west side of the trail was filled with rock overhangs and just prime mountain lion territory. He eventually encountered another runner uh, named Spencer. And then the two began walking down the trail and came across two hikers, and they all helped him get to the emergency room. And did Spencer not forget at all? I'm sure he did. He, he, I mean, honestly, they have a picture if you want. Oh, I don't know if I. Yeah, if uh, you want to look around. This was from not that long after. He didn't look that bad. He just had some scratches on his face mm-hmm. and his neck. So uh, he just he got the better of him, I guess. They took him to the hospital. Um, he received more than two dozen stitches on his face, a brace for his wrist, and an antibiotic regimen, which is not bad. Yeah. Considering what he was up against. They did a, um, a necropsy on the mountain lion, I guess an autopsy on his dead body, showing no signs of rabies, so that was good. He didn't have to get any shots in his butt or anything like that. Oh, yeah. Getting shots in your butt sucks. Yeah. Shots in the butt. Because at Mexico, like, uh, <coughs> whenever we got sick, they would just, like, give us shots. And so I remember, mm-hmm. like, when I get, like, the shot in my butt, and, like, I couldn't <laughs> sit for a while because whenever I sit, it would hurt. Shots in the butt. <laughs> this is brought to you by Shots in the Butt. <laughs> so they estimated um, it was... The mountain lion weighed about 35 to 40 pounds. It's less than Prince, but also more dangerous. Yeah, Prince wouldn't. It's just fucking wines. How big is a mountain lion, though? Like A standard mountain lion? Yeah. Alexa, how big is a standard mountain lion? The average height of a puma is 2.5 feet. Did that answer your question? No. I don't think so. <laughs> Did I ask you what the height of a puma was? <laughs> And so, is a puma a, a mountain lion with a bobcat? Alexa, is a puma the same thing as a mountain lion? <laughs> She's not even listening at this point. Yeah. It says mountain lion, puma, uh, cougar. Okay, so mountain lion, puma, cougar, panther. This cat is known by more names than just about any other mammal. Okay, so there we go. Hmm. So, let's, so that, let's just do another episode about cats. So, the average weight... <laughs> Is about 120 to 200 pounds. Oh, shit. Pounds. Okay, so this is a, like a smaller one then. Let's fuck this guy. <laughs> oh, in the time it took for Kaufman to hike down um, and officials with the Colorado Parks and Wildlife to visit the scene of the attack, the dead mountain lion had already been partially eaten. <laughs> so he was already, I guess, I don't know what else would have eaten. So he fended off a mountain vultures? lion and, vultures and ate it. it. Vultures slash hawks. <laughs> Did you know vultures pee on their legs? As like sunscreen. <laughs> what? what? 
Yeah. That is not a fact that I had walking around. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. Where did you learn this? Uh, because I used to watch a lot of Animal Planet as a kid. Did you find a book at an antique store? <laughs> <laughs> Was it in a wooden purse? <laughs> With Maybe. legs or whatever. <laughs> Alright, so um, let's let's wrap this story up. I, I told you this is pretty long. Kaufman says he's not a competitive runner, more of a hobbyist who's beginning to train for longer races. He's never done martial arts. He lives with his girlfriend. Um, he plays adult recreational soccer in a, in a local league and sometimes turns on the insanity brand of tape workouts. But ever since then, uh, ever since this event, I was reading that you know he would, they were like the Colorado Parks and Wildlife. They were like getting you know hits from women saying like is he single and stuff like just because he oh. Off a, Fought off a mountain lion. For sure. <laughs> and you think, you know that scar he got on his face. That's going to be pretty sexy once yeah. it heals. Yeah. Well, you were right on board immediately. Anyways. For, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that before. <laughs> when you said it's like he got those stitches on his face. Yeah. So he says, uh, it's weird being considered a celebrity just for surviving, which is a weird way to achieve some notoriety. For the most part, I tend, for the most part, I tend to lie under their radar a little bit. He, he goes off by saying, just thinking, like, his girlfriend was talking about, you know, what could have happened. Just thinking if he hadn't turned around, you just keep replaying that because she's convinced that he would, like, 100% he would be dead. And he attributes he, he attributes this to um, not wearing earbuds and listening to music like he usually does. If he, hadn't, if he hadn't been doing that, he wouldn't have turned around and seen, like, been able to prepare. And this was just a time where he decided, I'm just going to, you know, soak in all the scenery and, and um, not listen to anything while all I'm running. All I'm saying is that. Right? So he would most likely be dead because of that. So I would definitely call it a near-death experience. Yeah. Yeah. Who says music can't kill? Exactly. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was uh, Travis Kaufman's uh, near-death experience with the Bobcat slash Puma slash Mountain Lion slash Cougar. Bunch of other things. Slash, slash cat. kitty cat. <laughs> slash uh, calico. So, yeah. Isn't that just a type of cat? Yeah. yeah. I mean, cat. you never Isn't know. Bobcat a type of cat. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Andrew. That's why you're here. <laughs> and on that note, thanks for being here again, Andrew. I know you don't have glass, but we'll go ahead and. I have a, I have a plastic. I'm going to have a substitute. Oh, there this you go. Tiny glass. So we'll go ahead and raise our glasses. Thank you very much, Phil. All right. Bye. 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 <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> That's Mario falling, falling down yeah. some stairs. <laughs>